Thursday, March 21st. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Pro and Motley Fool Options, Brian Hinman, and from Motley Fool Supernova, Matt Argusinger. Happy Thursday, guys. Hey, glad to be here. Happy March Madness. I was going to oh, say, yeah. it, is, it is the greatest Thursday of the year because it's, it is the beginning of March Madness and Valparaiso and Michigan State tip off shortly. So let's get this thing done. Uh, we're going to talk Coca-Cola, Facebook, Oracle, Apple, and a little bit of March Madness, but let's start with uh, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola has 62 million followers on Facebook. It is the most popular brand on Facebook. That's why I was surprised to see that this week an executive at Coca-Cola said that social media buzz on Facebook is doing basically nothing to affect sales of Coca-Cola. Um, this is Eric Schmidt, a senior manager for corporate market strategy and insight. He was at an advertising conference and uh brian what do you think of that if, <sighs> if, if i'm facebook it sounds bad chris it does sound bad uh well i really think there are two huge flaws to uh to the thinking behind this article uh the first is that we have to assume that coke did their social marketing well that they did it right and it's therefore facebook's fault Right. The second is that it's wrong to think of social marketing, social advertising, uh, that that works in a vacuum. Really, you talk to any marketing exec and they'll tell you that social is simply a piece of the overall marketing pie. Uh, and to look at it in a vacuum, I, I, I think is deeply flawed. Now, to that second point, uh, there was a reply to that article by Wendy Clark, who's a senior VP uh of integrated marketing communications and capabilities at Coke. Uh, she posted a, a blog post on Coke's uh, external blog, uh, basically defending uh, the use of social and the effectiveness of social uh, in general and in, with Coke specifically. And I'm going to read a quick blurb uh, from Wendy. She says that reach, engagement, love, and value are the markers of success we use for our campaigns. We measure them in a variety of ways, often with our media partners. In beta testing with Facebook, we've been able to track closed-loop sales from site exposure to in-store purchase with very promising initial results that are above norms for what we see with other media. I so, have no idea what you just okay, said. Okay, so, so the, the, what, the, the what, last... What it sounded really, really yeah. good, so, though. So, so the first part of it was saying, this is, how we, this is how we measure, right? Reach, engagement, love, and value. Well, I don't know how you measure love and value, right? But reach is how many people you touch, and engagement, right, is, is yeah. how many people interact. Those two things uh, have been proven. Uh, you know, Facebook has proven that it does well. Right, has massive reach sure. and gets engagement, right? But the last half of that uh, that blurb there, it said that basically, look, we have tracked this with Facebook before, and it has achieved sort of above standard results. So these two reports seem to be in conflict with one another. And honestly, for every Coke and GM Facebook failure that's right. out there, there is a Ford and Old Spice Facebook win. So I really think that... The verdict is still out here, but to view the view the results of a social program in a vacuum, it's just wrong. I, you know, I uh, I agree with that, but and I'm a longtime Coca-Cola shareholder, so I get that there is money that you're going to spend in marketing that you're just doing for branding purposes. Not everything has to drive direct sales, that sort of thing. But we talk about headline risk. Certainly, recently with Boeing and the 787 Dreamliner getting grounded, and this just seems like a pretty massive headline risk for Facebook because 
there have to be people out there in the marketing world who are going to their senior leadership in their company and saying, no, 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 this is going to help us. And if you, you know, if the response is, well, Coca-Cola is the most popular brand on Facebook and it's not moving the needle at all for them, uh, it just seems like a, a big risk here for Facebook. It is a huge risk. Uh, so much of the value of Facebook is tied up in its ability to prove that it is an effective advertising platform. And really, the onus right now is on Facebook to take control of this conversation. It needs to do a better job of promoting wins and promoting best practices, uh, but also by providing better tools to help measure success. Because right now, it's the flipping wild, wild west, and no one knows how to measure uh, success or failure in these marketing campaigns. Now, what is really interesting is a couple of weeks ago, I think three weeks ago, uh, really under the radar, um, Facebook uh, announced that it was acquiring Atlas Advertiser, uh, a platform from Microsoft. Uh, now, this has been rumored for a long time, but the actual uh, announcement really flew under the radar. But Atlas is going to help Facebook develop those tools. Facebook needs to double down on this, and they need to double down on it quick. But the point is, I think that they're aware of it. This acquisition, uh, the Atlas acquisition, shows that, uh, and it's really going to hopefully help them make this move quickly. My only, my only thought here, though, is that uh, you know, I, it's it's one thing for a for a startup company or you know a, a smaller outfit to to be trying things and trying to prove a model. I just I worry that you know, with Facebook and its sixty five billion odd market valuation, that it. it, it it better, you know, it kind of, there's a lot, it's almost like the market saying, hey, well, it has proved it, it's going to work, because otherwise it wouldn't be worth $65 billion. And so I just, that's my only concern. And in a kind of a larger view also, everything Facebook's going to do to monetize its, its its network, its platform, is going to have to come at the, at the slight detriment of its of its users in terms of their experience. And so I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about Facebook. I just don't feel like they've solved that that issue and and you know this coca-cola thing might just be one shot to that but we'll have to see so if this is a headline risk for facebook if you're google if you're doing ad sales for google this is like christmas came early because now you can go and say well look you know do you want to go with facebook which isn't moving the needle at all for sales or do you do you want to spend a little bit more money at google i mean it seems like it's a, right with, and without and, doing right. anything google just got to win right and and also you can look at linkedin and, and you know another the big social network player linkedin can say well look not only are you know recruiters and corporations paying us tens of thousands of dollars a year to access our network we just raise the prices on them and they're still and we're still going to grow that base at 40 or 50% that's because there's there's a there's a demand there that exists. There's a, a proven model, and I'm just I'm I'm not sure Facebook has it figured out yet. As we as we probably concluded here, um, to wrap up on Facebook, uh, Brian, when you look at the stock, uh, I when I checked it this morning, it was around 26 or something like that. We are, what are we now? Six weeks away, eight weeks away from the the one year anniversary of Facebook going public. It, it seems like there's going to be increasing pressure on that company. It, it seems like quarter after quarter, it, it's just sort of getting ratcheted up. Um, what is the thing that people should be looking at? Uh, and it can be a metric, it can be any number that they report, but in terms of 
people looking for signs of progress that Facebook is going to be able to monetize in a significant way, what, what's one thing to watch for? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to reinforce this story, but I'll say uh, watch Facebook Exchange, uh, which is their uh, advertising platform where you can sort of, uh, it's, it's a market where you, you know, bid for, for advertising spots. Um, that success is going to tell us a lot about whether or not people are buying into this. Um, but I also think what we need, what you need to keep an eye on is the, the measurement tools that Facebook begins to provide. Um, because like Matt was saying, and like you were saying, you know, Google is a proven model. Um, marketing, marketing, marketing departments understand, um, the payoff there. It's still unknown with Facebook. Facebook needs to help uh, advertisers out. It's a, it's a little bit of a um, Jerry Maguire, help you, help me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> help you, help me. Um, shares of Oracle down more than 10% this morning after third quarter earnings were weak. Um, in a conference call with analysts, Safra Katz, who is the president and chief financial officer at Oracle, said, uh, Matt, that the overall business remains healthy. We saw excellent pipeline growth. Uh, but we're not happy with our revenue growth in uh, the third quarter. And specifically, she said there was a lack of urgency in Oracle's sales force. I was, this is not a company I follow closely, but I was stunned that an executive would come out and essentially throw an entire department under the bus and just say, yeah, our salespeople just weren't getting it done. Yeah, I almost think that Oracle's Glassdoor rating is about to take a major hit because you're going to have about yeah. 100 salespeople go on Glassdoor and say, God, I got this company, oh, they're, just, they're killing us. Well, yeah, I, I went through I went through the release, and uh, you know this it wasn't a great quarter. Um, I wouldn't call it. You know, I, I guess Oracle's selling off about ten percent. That might be a little overdone. I think the one concerning thing for me was that the new sort of new software license and subscriptions were down one point eight percent. That's usually a leading indicator of you know future business. But with software companies in general, you have you have licenses contracts that are signed during a quarter. Sometimes they get pushed off, and so. And Oracle's proven before that if they have a bad quarter, that's usually because just orders have been pushed off yep. to another quarter. Uh, I, I'm thinking that might be the case here. A few things that stand out to me, though, you know, they there are there are some cloud-based offerings out there. We got Salesforce, uh, Workday, uh, Ultimate Software that are nipping on the heels a little bit of you know of Oracle in in some of its uh, you know sort of human resources and customer relationship uh, management software. It's competition. Oracle's still the, you know, gosh, the 200-pound gorilla in the room, uh, and it's a bellwether for, you know, technology. In a, in Wait a minute, 200-pound gorilla? Don't you want to be the 800-pound gorilla? Well, I can't go 800-pound. Okay, I was going to say, because a 200-pound gorilla, I mean, I'm not saying I like my chances, but I, I feel like I'm going to be better off than against an 800-pound gorilla. Right. So I don't know. I, we'll, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm, I, this, there wasn't a lot that concerned me. I, on a more serious note, you mentioned Salesforce, but when you when you look at the fact that we talked yesterday about uh, William Sonoma, hmm. and and you and I were talking about. Uh, I said I look at William Sonoma and I don't see any direct competitor with Oracle. As strong as they are, it's not just Salesforce. It's IBM. Sure. It's SAP. Microsoft. Microsoft. It it, it seems like it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's done well over time, but it also seems like that's a tough. Uh, to go back to March Madness, it seems like it's a tough bracket to play in. Right. Well, what you do have with Oracle, I think, is is customer relationships that go back decades, and you know switching costs are high for the for the kind of services that Oracle is offering. And Oracle is moving 
into the cloud base. They're, they're taking a kind of a slow approach, but Oracle has proven in the past they, they can get it right. And hey, you know, I, I'm not going to be anyone that wants to go up against Larry Ellison. I just think he's fanatical. He will, he will spend whatever it takes or do whatever it takes to win, uh, you know, and, and help Oracle, you know, be the, be the leader in all its markets it gets into. Yeah. Tough to bet against. We have to wish a happy birthday to Twitter. Twitter is seven years old today. It was uh, this day back in 2006 that the first tweet went out. You can follow us on Twitter, at MarketFoolery. You can also uh, tweet to us. Uh, we got a tweet from at Rob Rob, who wrote uh, in reference to our conversation the other day about Lululemon and the debacle of the uh, the sheer clothing uh, he wrote, uh, disappointed that no one at Market Foolery referred to Lulu's boo-boo as an example of poor asset management. Oh, rah, um, rah, bringing it strong. Exactly. Right. Uh, you can also email us, radio at fool.com is our email address. Got an email from Rob Morrissey in Omaha, Nebraska. Yesterday, you mentioned Apple moving and growing a small VC model. From everything I have read, Steve Jobs was a firm believer in Lockheed's Skunk Works model. As you guys mentioned, they are terribly close to the cuff on information and don't publicize the cool things they are doing on the side like Google does with Google Glass, and that could be a detriment to the company perception at this point. Uh, I'm I'm unfamiliar with the Skunk Works model. Is that a reference that you guys is, – is that just like Lockheed's super secret VC department? I'm trying to think of the acronym – for skunk, what it could be, but I no, I'm also not not familiar. With yeah, that. I, th- I think you've ne- that that pretty much sums it up. It's there, you know, put the mad scientists and let them play, in a, in, in a room together and let them play. Give yeah. them some money and let them do exactly their thing. feed them. Yeah, hose them down. Every when they're once not, in a while. you know, facing furloughs like a lot of <laughs> defense contractors are. But anyway. Exactly. Um, all right, we we have just a few minutes before, as I mentioned. I wasn't kidding. Valparaiso and Michigan State are going to tip off shortly, and uh, and March Madness begins. Um, Brian, we were talking earlier today. I feel like there's, I feel like there are parallels between buying stocks and filling out office brackets because people all over the. I mean, this is a there is going to be an estimated seven billion dollars wagered on the NCAA basketball tournament. Wow! Office pools all over the country and presumably New Jersey the must world. be going crazy. <laughs> all <laughs> they, online. They, they probably are. Um, but it seems like one of those things where, like, when you fill out a bracket. And then there's just the regret afterwards, like, oh, why, you know, why did I pick that team? Why did, and, and we see that with stocks too, oh, where yeah. it's like, you, you know, in, when you're picking an office bracket, you want to pick the, the upset picked, which is kind of like, oh no, I, when I'm going to buy a stock, I'm going to buy this unknown biotech that nobody's ever heard of. Underdog. And instead it's just like, why don't you just, why don't you just buy shares of a Costco? Of a, of a well, you know, it's like you know what the, the the market leaders tend to win out over time. You know, I think I think it, what this points to is just the fact that uh, emotion overtakes us in, in in many situations, and investing is proven to be one of those, and certainly sports is another one. But the the, the parallels are 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 pretty amazing. I mean, you've got. Uh, at this point in time, my mind goes to okay. I got to think of who's the coach. Have they been there before? Right. What is the leadership team right. of the company? Are they experienced? Like? Yeah. And, and and other people I know pl- do the momentum play. Like okay, who's playing right? Who's yeah. playing well right now? Yeah. Who is streaking at the right time? It's the and whole, that's, that's the, a momentum investment. The last right? ten games before the yeah. tournament. They're nine and one in their last ten games. Yeah. I mean, so so it's a it's a lot of fun as an investor to think about. Uh, the brackets in terms of investments, right? And, and, uh, so, so you sort of see your mind going, okay, well, what is an undervalued pick right now? Who, who really got shafted on their seating? Right. Yeah. Right? right. Exactly. And, uh, so my undervalued pick, I have, I have two. Okay. Uh, my undervalued pick, uh, Oregon, uh, who won the Pac 10, which is, uh, which doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, 
but they got a 12 seed. Uh, yeah, they they kind of they that, get a 12 seed and they 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 just got back a player who was injured who has totally changed the di- the dynamic of that team. So I think they're an undervalued 12 seed. Okay. And the other team uh, that, that I think is a little bit undervalued is is Florida um, because they they lock down they play lockdown D, uh, so they're in every game. And, and if they don't shoot terribly, they will win. And speaking of uh, the coach being a proxy for the CEO, they have Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan who yep. has as much experience more experience than most coaches he's won two national championships i mean that's that's a guy mm. any, any thoughts as we head into the tournament this Matt? is an embarrassing question who is the who's the ivy league team that made it's it? harvard. harvard 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 is it's my pick <laughs> that's you <laughs> yeah i just lost a few dozen of our listeners and matt there. and matt is demonstrating a point here where you should probably not pick based on familiarity <laughs> Or based on emotion. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's the Crimson, baby. Exactly. <laughs> Number one in the college rankings all the time. And that's, there we go. As, uh, you know, Matty's going with his roots. It's like, uh, are there any teams from Massachusetts in the tournament? Yeah, oh, I, Harvard. I'm there sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Memphis does its recruiting in the same way that Harvard does its recruiting. <laughs> Let's just bring in the smart guys. They'll be good basketball players. <laughs> all right. Brian Hinman at Argus Singer. Guys, thanks for being here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We will see you on Monday.